If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited-time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited-time offer, so act now. Hey, what's up, folks? My name is Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad podcast. Um, This week, we're going to tackle a topic that is everywhere in the news right now. Uh, and it's relevant for a number of reasons. One, uh, it's COVID-19 and that's just, I mean, that affects literally everybody on the planet right now. Um, and, and the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're trying to restart the school year, uh, or begin the new school year rather, uh, (laughs) a lot of parents, including myself are not comfortable sending their kids back to the school right now. It's, it's not safe. Uh, there is no national plan. There is no, um, there's no even real statewide plans. I mean, it's, it's sort of shoot from the hip and everybody's sort of, uh, handling it differently and it doesn't inspire a great deal of confidence. I think schools have been open for a very short period of time in, in just a few States right now. And there's already, I think they said today, 2000 students and teachers, uh, that are in quarantine right now as a result of COVID-19, whether it's direct exposure or it's infection themselves. And, and that's just inside the first week or two of school. And that's only, you know, the handful of districts that are even open right now. I mean, this, this is insane that we're even having this conversation. Um, so my, my guest today is Karu Papritz. Uh, he's an educational thought leader. Uh, he's a literacy advocate. He's the author of the multi-award winning book, The Legacy Letters. He comes from an entire family uh, of educators, and he's here today to talk about a petition that he has started to to encourage parents to to take a stand and demand testing uh, for our school kids. And 
when you think about it, everybody wants football back. Everybody wants basketball and baseball. We, we want, we want sports back. And so to do that, uh, safely, if it's even possible, it requires these professional athletes to be tested daily. In a lot of cases, uh, we have government officials who are tested daily. Um, don't our kids deserve the same? I think our kids deserve at least that. And, and right now there is no plan. There's no, there's no testing strategy for students. There's no, uh, there's no comprehensive, um, anything to, to help make, you know, restarting a school year or beginning the new school year, uh, safe or possible. And, uh, I know there's a lot of parents out there, including myself, who are not comfortable sending our kids back to school right now because it's just not safe. And uh, so Carew has has this petition that is advocating for every child to be tested prior to uh, starting the school year so that you know going into the school year which kids, like all the kids that are in the school at that time, have tested negative for COVID. And then there needs to be ongoing testing throughout the year to ensure that uh, – Infections are identified as quickly as possible. Kids can be uh, isolated and, 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 you know, kept at home or receive medical treatment, whatever is necessary, but they're not there to spread the virus to other kids who then spread it to teachers and spread it to their uh, family and friends and everybody else they come into contact with. So this really is a very serious conversation and it's a very frustrating conversation to have, frankly, because we shouldn't need to have it. Uh, but we are. And a lot of parents are freaked out and stressed out and, and worried about what to do. So we're going to have a conversation about that today. Uh, I'll have Carew on in just a minute. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break. And we're back. And uh, today I have Carew Papritz uh, with us. And we're going to have a conversation about all of the um, concerns and basically everything that's going on. Uh, in relation to COVID-19 and our kids returning back to school, there's, it's become like this huge controversy and uh, there's a lot of safety concerns and um, crew has uh, some insights on this and uh, an online petition that we'll link to and, and talk about uh, in a minute, but thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Rob, thank you so much for having me on. This is really important stuff. Could you uh, just talk a little bit about what you do in, 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 kind of a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So um, I'm a writer by trade, an author. I have a book out right now called The Legacy Letters. Uh, it's an inspirational series of letters written by a father who had never lived to see his kids. And these letters become their practical, moral, spiritual guidebook. Um, it's won a number of national awards, which I'm very thankful for. It's Congratulations. Been out a, a few years. And um, I get to do all sorts of interesting things. One of the things, um, um, I'm a big literacy guy, so I try to get kids inspired about reading. I have a, I love to read video series on uh, Tube. if you look that up. Cool. And uh, it's gotten several million views. And the fun of it is, is I get to read my book doing almost anything I want to do, as in riding a horse or mountain climbing or traveling or being in front of a pyramid or or driving a construction truck or skiing. And, um, and that's the sort of the tagline. I love to read and I love to whatever it is. And so I'm big time on getting kids inspired by that. Um, we, uh, we did the world's largest thank you letter envelope and stamp as part of national thank you letter day. We set that up a few years ago. So I'm big into gratitude and civility and promoting all that. And, um, 
And one of the things I love doing is just talking. I'm, I'm from a group, a family of teachers. Um, I love talking about education and especially everything related to education. And so this is right in my wheelhouse talking about this, especially during this time. What, um, well, how, how have you guys been impacted by COVID-19? Well, for, uh, for most of your listeners, um, we're out in Arizona and I don't have to tell you too much about how we're being impacted That's, because yeah, we're say in Arizona. news. What a lovely place to be, right? So that pretty much tells you our, um, our the way that we handle it here. Um, again, I'm sure most of you heard that we're, we're not doing great. Um, personally, on our note, our family's doing fine, people around me. Uh, I think the scariest thing, of course, was when we came out, we're one of the last to lock down, first to open up. Mm-hmm. And as a result, yippity-skippity, um, I was like going to the stores, maybe 50% of the people wore masks. And, and then of course, look what's happened. You know, we're, we're dealing with the consequences of that. As you brought up, Rob, we're talking about opening schools. Uh, we're not opening schools because of that. So, so you guys are, schools are on hold for right now. Okay. So in Arizona, we start early. We're one of the Guinea pigs of the nation. Okay. And much like Florida and some other places, we're opening up next week. Um, as per our um, countywide, Pima County, they're saying that um, we're opening up as our school normally does, going to online. And as the 17th, they're going to figure out whether they're going to go to schools or some sort of hybrid situation. Um, bottom line in all this with all our leadership going on as a governors and and above um no one wants to take the fall yeah no one wants to take liability no one wants to make the ultimate decision i've had a number of teachers say come on somebody somebody make a decision but no one wants to make a decision because they're going to make people mad or they're going to screw up their i mean this is a basket full of impossibles right now and as long as we understand that then we can move forward i like that that reference a basket full of impossibles uh, I, I have found it personally very frustrating because it, it seems like I'm not entirely sure what the motivation behind trying to push the kids back into school right now. Like I, I get it's important for kids to be in the classroom. I mean, I don't think anybody's debating that, but we're in the middle of a pandemic that is clearly out of control. And even if, even if our kids typically, um, do better than adults with COVID it's to me, it still seems like a needless risk and you know, you're putting the teachers at risk. You're putting the staff at risk. Uh, if you have anybody in your family who is, you know, elderly or, or immunocompromised, you know, even if your kids get infected and are asymptomatic, then they can come home and, and, and bring it to the people in, in their house. And I just, I don't, I don't see why, we are, we are pushing so hard to get kids back in the classroom right now when it just, it just doesn't seem like it's safe. Yeah, Rob, I, this is one of the things I talked about this op-ed I wrote about frontline parents asking the impossible, which is of course testing. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, I truly believe we are just Jones and we just want normal so bad that we are going to um, put on the emperor's new clothes and do whatever we can 
to make it almost seem normal. Look at baseball. Look at, mm-hmm. I mean, we want football so bad. We want all the sports backs. Look, you're near the football hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, God, who doesn't want football back? Are you kidding me? We want it all back. And we're doing it to the point where we'll say, we'll do whatever we have to get whatever we want to get normal back. And we will defy science. We will defy facts. We will do it because that's how badly we want normal. Do, do you, how, how, what is, what is sort of like, what is the feeling that you're getting from people in your area about uh, parents in general about going back to school? Is that something that they are, it seems to be like some people are just gun ho on putting the kids back in the classroom because they just think it's perfectly fine. And then there's other people who are, who are concerned about the safety of, of their, their kids and the school staff. What is sort of the breakdown where you're at? Well, it's interesting because I, I, you know, try to keep up on this pretty much. It looks like about 85% of parents don't want their kids to go back nationwide. Mm-hmm. So we've got that running. Um, I'm in contact with our local school administrators, both the elementary, middle and high school around here. And it's really interesting getting sort of the, the inside scoop on it. Um, most parents, of course, they want their kids to go back. Um, but they're also getting pushed back. Like I'm sending my kids to school no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm going, well, that's really nice, but what if the school's not there to open up? Um, so people are scared. They're not ready. Our One of the neat ideas coming out of our neck of the woods are the teachers saying, hey, let's take a breather. Let's go ahead, go online to the end of first quarter, coming up October for us, mm-hmm. and let's just see what we can get to. Um and I think that buys some time because I think with this whole deal, when I wrote this particular op-ed that went out, I wrote it about three and a half weeks ago, four weeks ago, in anticipation of this coming up. Yeah. And to me, I I was working with the schools on their sanitation and their their cleaning protocols because um, my work my wife works in the healthcare industry, so. I learned quite a bit about it. So I was mm-hmm. able to work as an expert, help them out with air filtration systems, all these good things and electrostatic cleaners and so on and so forth. Um, and I was asking all these questions and it was, I was amazed at the fact that I said, well, what about testing? And they said, don't ask the question. <laughs> so, I mean, and, it, and, and I'll give you some more surprises along those lines, but yeah, that was sort of the, the bottom line of it. So, they're just not ready as much as they think they can clean the heck out of this. They can't, you know? Yeah. I, it's so frustrating because like, like you mentioned science and fact, right? You have Fauci and you have, you know, you, you know, um, you know, people at the CDC and, and even your local uh, public health officials who are saying like, Whoa, like, like we all want to get kids back to school, but, but there has to be like A, B, C, D, you know, you can't be in a community with like what would more than the 5% positivity, um, something. So, something to that effect. I mean, where in the United States, is it less than that really anymore? I mean, it's 5% is sort of, I know Ohio were, uh, 5.9 or something right now, or at least it was the other day, but we're averaging like 1100 cases a day. And, DeWine, our, our governor yeah. just tested positive yesterday and then there, tested yeah. negative the second time. So then are the tests even reliable? How do you know what's right? And how do you know what's wrong? If you can't rely on, on the testing and we're talking about our kids lives, 
You know, we, we were just talking, there was a, there was a, a young child that passed away from COVID uh, in Georgia. I mean, that that's, I, I can't even imagine what, what those parents must be going through and, and, and all for what, I mean, like what, what's the worst case scenario? Well, let me ask you this. What is your ideal scenario for, for getting our kids back into to school or, or just addressing education right now? Uh, teaching outside in large amphitheaters <laughs> where they're all separated by 12 yeah. feet. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be, that would be ideal or a big grassy football field and teaching. I don't, yeah, that would be ideal. Well, we're talking about reality. Um, it's, it's really interesting talking to um, I've got some friends in Germany and I say, how is it going there? He says that we're, we're doing okay, but you know, we have to remain vigilant and we have to, like you said, we have to keep the positivity rate down. Otherwise it's a, it's a no go. Rob, one of the things I've been talking to school administrators about and, and parents about both is the idea of guys. Okay. Let's say we send our kids back or a number of our kids back to school mm-hmm. and then one gets COVID two, three, whatever the case is. And then you have to close down the school again. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that this starting, stopping, starting, stopping is a good idea. No, I don't think that, I don't think that's going to work at all. Um, one administrator, um, Hey Rob, can I pause it for a quick second? Yeah. (laughs) The reality of having kids at home. (laughs) You know, I I just, uh, I just recorded my last episode I released. I had, uh, I was talking to somebody from the, uh, Autism Science Foundation, because I, I focus on a lot of the special needs parenting stuff. And, and my youngest kept interrupting. And I thought for like, I'll just, I'll just pull all it out. But then I decided I'll keep that in because like, you know what? It's real life. We're it's all, life. we're all having to adapt. And yeah. uh, I just spoke with a mom yesterday who, who was so grateful that I left it in. And like, I'm thinking like, I'm like, oh, people are going to be whatever. But, but she's like, that made me feel so good to see that or to hear that because it's like, that's exactly what happens in my house. I feel like I'm not alone. So that's, uh, I feel better. I'm not the only one (laughs) watching, watching on the national news as as the cats go by and the reporters are talking. (laughs) It's great. But, um, so back to, to what you're talking about. Um, what, what does normal look like or what is it looking like getting back to, um, I don't, I don't see it. Yeah. Uh, to be dead honest, I don't really see it. And here's what's been interesting. Now, here I am espousing this, and I'll, I'll tell your listeners what this op-ed was about. Was was asking frontline parents to ask the impossible, which is to test every kid going into school, and to keep on testing. And I say asking the impossible because we've all given up on testing. Yeah. Pretty much, there's been this nationwide. We'll give up. It ain't. It's not working or we're barely getting it back. It's eight days, nine, 10 days later. Some places are faster, but it's it's basically like, and I'm going, whoa, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second, you're kidding me. I'm going in and talking to these administrators. And again, I'm getting crickets like, well, we don't know what we're gonna do with testing. I go, what do you mean? You're not even planning to test, right? No. I go, wait, you're starting with a clean slate and you are going to put in kids. You do not know. If that's going to happen, we have a every 12th person getting tested in Arizona test positive. That's crazy. Huge. 
come on. And that tells me that you're going to put in that many positive people. Now, people, and to be dead honest, I get it, people 10 and under, they're looking at that saying, these kids really don't get sick. Okay, that's well and fine, except if it's your kid and gets sick and dies. And that's one of the things I wrote in that op-ed. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you want to be that one? Okay, but let's just say, no, I'm going to roll the dice. We're going to go in. It's going to be okay. I'm going, yeah, but guess what, guys? What happens to the teachers? Here we go. Here's the basket full of impossibles. Yeah. You guys all know it. What happens to the teachers that they get sick? What happens if you bring it home to your parents? What about the grandparents? What about the community? We have a retire. We live right next to a retirement community. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell me that, boy, if this happened and we brought it home, this thing would spread like wildfire. And sadly, and sadly, I take no joy in it to find out that what I, what I was espousing came true the other day in what? Georgia, yeah. Illinois, Florida, they opened up, shut right down. Yeah. Well, and, and then if you, if you're dealing with like my demographic of, of people in the autism community or, or, or kids with special needs, there, there is, there is no way for them to go back to school for five days and have one person, you know, they have a COVID scare. They shut the school down for however long they have to do that just to bring everybody back to shut it down again, because it's inevitable. It's going to happen. And, and temperature checks, that's almost a, if you're running a fever, when you've stepped into the door of the school, it's already too late, you know, because you're contagious before that. And, and so it's like, I was just reading something the other day. Um, somebody was suggesting a gap year for, for kids this year and, and to move things just to just take the time off and and use that time to try and explore your kids' interests and things like that. I don't know that that's feasible, but I mean, I'm open to just about anything right now because I don't know. I I don't know, you know, what to do. And, and I, I guess, I guess it comes down to people prioritizing our kids' education, which I get is important. But are they are they not taking the risks seriously, or or are we just just so focused on how important it is to get our kids in in school that that we just sort of kind of don't pay attention to the facts and the science? I I think it's such a a, a strange complex mix because this became so partisan early on, right? Yeah, yeah. So that so that's part of the issue and that's part of the problem. And then I think it's also go back to the the the, the normalcy paradox. I for, for want of a better phrase, that people have not gone through a pandemic before. Mm-hmm. They came out of this lockdown and said, hey, it's normal again. I mean all you hear is about we want normal, normal, normal guys that's fine. We're going to have as normal as we can under the circumstances, but guess what? We're not going to be able to do it with schools the way you want to be able to do it. It's just not going to happen. Then, and I have to say this, I really feel for all the parents who can't be home. There's something I want to say, is it 24 million? I read some stats the other day and I may be off on that, but there's a large percentage of parents, single parents who have to go to work and then what do you do when you've got younger kids? Yeah. I mean, guys, this is the nightmare scenario right here. I was listening yeah. to uh, someone talk on on CNN the other day, and they said it's basically you have to choose. It's like you have a choice between having kids 
and working. You know, they're, they're sort of mutually exclusive and you can't, that's an unfair position to be in. And, and for parents who are, who are so desperate to keep their house or keep their kids fed that you have to make that choice of sending them to school or daycare or whatever, you know, we are not, we are not prepared. And and it, it sort of feels like we're not learning any lessons that we should have already learned over the last what six months, you know, mm. and uh, it's scary. I, I mean, it really is. We haven't even hit flu season yet. And right. man, do do you um, what do you think realistically is is going to happen? Do do you think that that schools are going to be indefinitely put on hold or, or do you think they're going to do the, the back and forth? I think reality is going to come slamming into, into people's faces when they open up schools, they're going to get the COVID, they're going to shut it down. And then they're going to have to say it goes to online. I think that's one, I think that's one very, I don't think it's a scenario. I think it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think the other scenario is, people are going to be proactive and they're going to say, look, we're just going to do this until the end of the year. Like, let's just call it what it is. Let's do it to the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be online. So we're not dilly whacking all over the place and going, huh, nah, 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 nah. you know, it's just, it's just phenomenal. I mean, look at those, look at, look at Rutgers football team, mm-hmm. right? What is it like? 20, 20 guys got it. Yeah. They want it so badly and let, they want the sport so badly. I got guys, Let's just reframe this and say, well, we're not going to have it this fall. Mm-hmm. So whatever we're going to be, and that's sad for football and whatnot. I don't even see how you can get all these guys that are sweating and breathing on each other. Yeah. How, how, game, let alone a bus. God, Rob, my brother teaches up in Washington state. And he said, they're trying to figure out a hybrid way to get back. And he said, but, but when he asked the question about buses and then they go, we haven't even gotten to that yet. Yeah. How do you, how do you social distance on a bus? They were, uh, my kids go to, well, went to, uh, until this, this school year, they went to a charter school for kids with autism and learning disabilities and stuff like that. And there, there's only like 110 kids in the school. Right. Um, and they had, I had already made a decision to, to move the move to online learning regardless of what was going to happen at school, because I, I wanted to be, I wanted to have as much control over the safety of my kids as I possibly could. And, uh, and they had started out with this uh, hybrid model where it's like group A and group B, they sort of split the school in half, you know, like on Monday, group A goes to school and on, on, on Wednesday they go to school and then they flip flop days. And then it's, it's, it's remote learning on the off days. And then they have this breakdown where if there's a COVID scare, then everybody's remote learning for three days. And then if there's a confirmed COVID case, everybody's remote learning for five days. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure uh, they seem like arbitrary numbers. I mean, I mean, if you have a COVID scare, you should be on quarantine for 14 days. I mean, that's just kind of how it is. But then like a week later, uh, I got a, an update saying that they've just scrapped the whole thing and decided to go remote learning for the first nine weeks and then see where we are, uh, come November or October, whenever it is, they, they end up starting back. Uh, because you can't, I mean, kids inherently are not hygienic. They are, they're not, uh, they're not good at social distancing. You know, there, there's, there's no way 
I, I, I've been saying it for months. Like I can't see any way how we can safely navigate getting the kids back in school without, without testing. And if you're a, a professional athlete, you can be tested every day. And, and that rabbit testing where you're tested and it's back in a couple hours or that same day, but our kids don't qualify for that. It, it, it just, it's insane to me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I hate frustration, man. I, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And that's what you, you keep running into. Let's take, for example, the other basket of in the basket of impossibles, our teachers. Yeah. So teachers are scared. So 20% of our nation's teachers are senior teachers, meaning mm-hmm. they're over 50 Yeah. They're and senior, not in the age so much as in these are our master teachers right. with all a lifetime of learning and they're and in the at-risk category, you lose those teachers because they're saying, we don't want to go back to school because of the safety issues or we're getting compromised or whatever. And you are losing a brain trust of education that you just cannot make up overnight. And then let's say any teacher leaves, you think the subs are going to come back in yeah. for the amount that they're getting paid and put the So all of a sudden you have a full scale domino effect just with teachers alone. Yeah. So I think if, I think in our, again, our desire for normalcy, we just are not, we're, you know what we're doing, Rob? We are playing poker. We are trying to bluff the virus. This Mm. is a game of chess. If you're playing chess, then you're going this move, this move, this move, this move. And you're thinking five, 10, 20 steps down the line. This is not, we are literally, I feel like it's all the time. We're trying to bluff ourselves on the, this poker hand and we'll do it to a point and might get away with it a little bit, but we won't get away with it all. You'll be called on it. Yeah. And, and when we're called on it, it'll be, you start seeing in the news, you know, 15 kids uh, died at the same school from COVID or, or they lost six teachers or, or something to that effect. And that's, and, and it seems, it seems like people, people don't take this seriously until it hits close to home. Sort of like with anything else in life. I mean, you don't know what it's like until you have experienced it firsthand. But I, I really wish people would learn uh, just by just by paying attention to what's going on and listening to the scientists and and the doctors and and putting safety and wellness over over our kids' education. I mean, it's going to be so disrupted. E- even even the best case scenario, it's going to be disrupted, like you said. How how is that conducive to learning? Switching kids back and forth between online and in the classroom. I mean, they're never going to it's going to be a wasted year to begin with, you know, why not, why not? So, so what, what, uh, what can parents do to, to sort of stand their ground and, and say like, Hey, I'm not sending my kid uh, back to school. And maybe they're not in a position to do online learning or it's not available for them. Like what, what are they supposed to do? Well, I'm going to come back to the testing because again, for, for simplicity's sake, I think one of the things, and again, this is this national petition that, that we have a link to, Mm -hmm. um, that I'm putting out and we're, it's, it's starting to go along is, um, get hold of your school boards and say, we, we will not allow our school to open up unless you demand testing, you know, right from the get go. I mean, if you can't do that, you, you cannot do it safely. I mean, you can go with all the positivity rates in the state and the state can say this, we have a recommendation, mm-hmm. quote unquote. If you get to this point, you can do this. I love these recommendations. I go, no, it should be like, 
uh-uh, you, we're not going to do it unless it's this rate and that's it. And people were like, thank you. Someone gave a clear answer because mm-hmm. this wishy-washy stuff is just driving people nuts. They just want to hear one or the other and, and let the chips fall where they may. That's um, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Another aspect, and this is a really subtle one. This is a sort of a technological one. Um, again, 10,000 pound elephant in the room. Uh, we're in Arizona. It's 105 out, school starting. Um, what do you do? You've got central AC. Mm-hmm. Central. It's not in each room. Guys, you can't put a HEPA filter on a central AC system. It will completely wreck it. The only thing, and so you've got kids picking at masks, coughing, doing the usual kid thing, and thus you're circulating bad air. People aren't thinking about this. They go, no, we have to sanitize everything first. It's a respiratory virus. Mm-hmm. Respiratory, cough, it goes out in the air, aerosols, whole nine yards. So you have to clean the air. What um, what I came across was the um, were the air filters that allowed, that took out the, um, that took out the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the virus is much smaller. There's no filter that can catch capture the virus, but the, um, the dew, the dew. The droplets are what it suspended the droplets, in. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. I just had a brain went dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. So the virus can be encased in the droplet. That's where most of the transmission takes right. place. That's 0.03 microns. And the really good air filtration systems that use pure HEPA filters, which are the hospital grade, airplane grade filters, mm-hmm. can do that. So I, I found a company, a great company, Allen Air Allen Corp out of Texas, have these great units. And I said, Can you help us get this for our school? And they gave them a discount. The school bought like 10 grand of this is a small one district elementary school. And because I said, guys, you cannot open this school unless the air is clean in addition to the sanitation. So I said, that's, and I think every parent out there should be asking, what are you doing about the air? What are you doing? And there, no one's asking that question because again, that takes money. But that's another part of the equation. Not only the sanitation, not only that, not only the separation. Um, I can see social distancing. I can see possibly maybe doing this if you got the testing in, you got the air filters in, if you got all this in you know, maybe one day a week just to see, you know, I don't know. But at this point, if you cannot take care of testing, you know, of course, they're all looking at cleaning. Cleaning's important, but it's not the be all end all. Mm -hmm. Actually more of the breathing of the air. Got to have clean air. Did you, is there, um, you know, when, I mean, there's obviously a downside to online learning where, you know, the kids lose contact with their friends and their, their teachers and stuff like that. Is there, is there a, is there an approach that, that can sort of help to mitigate some of the downfalls to um, making it, whether it's distance learning or remote learning or homeschooling? You know, I've been hearing about people getting education pods together, actually hiring teachers out to come and teach in, pods of kids that are are staying together they've stayed together during mm-hmm. the pandemic um some of these hybrid approaches are are interesting i think almost from the standpoint of getting kids to be able to see each other mm-hmm. um i'd be say i'd be willing to say hey 
one day a week, you get to go and come in groups of however many to see your classmates, whatever that may look like. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's outdoors. Maybe it's uh, something just to provide a way of saying, Hey, this is, this is the normal for now. You get to see some of your guys and you go back in. So it doesn't seem so, so um, isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that would be one way of doing it. I know that would be difficult, but you know, when there's a will, there's a way. Well, unless you're in Ohio, because, you know, it'll be minus 30 degrees in the winter. And, uh, I mean, that's the other thing, too. I mean, we haven't even begun dealing with the – we can't even get people to get flu shots. You know, I mean, we're, 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 we're looking at all these things individually, like how do we deal with COVID? We do this, we do this, whatever. We can't even do that. And then we have flu season coming up, which they're saying is going to just – it's going to be like a tsunami of, of everything that you can imagine bad happening – happening and and we're not even prepared for that so so even if we could navigate this and, and find and find some way where where we can mitigate the risk and make it acceptably reasonably safe we have the unknown coming down to shoot what is it like november starts flu season or something i mean even it, it there's there's no forethought into what we're doing we're kind of living in the moment and 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 not learning from uh the mistakes that have already happened in the lives of they're saying now by November, they're predicting like 200,000 deaths. I heard end of the, I heard end of the year, 300,000. Oh, th- the University wow. of Washington just put that. If we're not wearing masks at 95% capacity, which I'm going to just tell you that we're not going to wear masks at 95. I can't get, we, we, we live, uh, my kids and I have been locked down for 156 days. I think it is now. And, and the people in my neighborhood, even in my neighborhood, I, I have not seen any of my neighbors ever wear a mask. Uh, I try to take the kids out to go hiking, like in more remote places where we're not going to run into anybody. And it seems like everybody we pass on the, on the street or driving by, whatever, nobody is wearing a mask. And it's mandated in Ohio now. Like you have to wear a mask if you're outside. And and nobody is uh, nobody's doing it. You know, so I mean, I, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Like we're at the mercy of, of everybody who's not doing what they're supposed to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and the only way I can keep my kids safe is to stay locked down. You know, Rob, I, I gotta, you know, I think part of this too is the part of the complexity, part of the anxiety that the, the great anxiety is that this is going to go on forever. You know, mm-hmm. there's this thing like, when does this end this, this elusiveness to it? That just like, oh, I just wanted to end. I just wanted to end. Well, guys, it's going to end. We have the most extraordinary scientific push um, ever since the, the invention of the polio vaccine that's mm-hmm. going on. Um, and we're going to have vaccines come early next year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, to the degree that we're probably going to be able to, you know, frontline workers, health workers, and older right. people, and then we're going to get into schools. We're going to have this. So I, I think one thing that we're going to need to say is, hey, we let's just get through this stretch. Let's break it down mentally. Let's get through fall. Let's get through fall safely, mm-hmm. no matter what. Let's just get through mass, whatever takes place out there. We can do five months. We can do five more months of online. Is it, impo- is it a horrible? Another? Yeah, it is. It's going to be really rough and tough, but we can do it. Let's just get to that point and let's see where these vaccines are going to be. And then it gives us another way of, 
of like my wife, when we go out running, we have two different approaches. She's got the approach of, oh, I just, I just look a hundred feet ahead. And if I can make a hundred feet more and I'm like, no, I'm just open-minded. Like, I just can't wait to the end of the run. I've been running for years. So two different approaches, but I like her approach, which is I'll take it in mental chunks to get mm-hmm. it done. And so I think mentally, if we can say, guys, we can do this for another five months. Kids online, it's all, it's going to be goofy. It's going to be wacky. It's going to be not great. It's going to be all this, but can we do five months? Yeah, we can do five months in the stir. Yes, we can. We can. I, yeah. I, I know it's not easy and the government needs to step up and, and get these relief packages in place and help the unemployed and, and make it so that parents can, can survive while protecting their kids and keeping everybody safe. Cause I mean, the more people stay home, the less there is to, uh, the, the less people there are to be infected. I mean, we're, we're automatically limiting it and, and we can sort of flatten the curve and try and make it through, uh, you know, reasonably soon and, and, and protect as much life as we can. Um, what's going on with this petition? Oh, I'm glad. And no, I was just literally thinking the same thing. So I just started the petition, I think last week, I think we're up to like 700 signatures. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you go on to it um, and and read it, it's the op-ed I wrote in its entirety and just said, hey, at the end of it, let's sign this. Let's ask as parents the impossible, demand, demand testing. It's not even, I mean, look at the parent power of 76 million students in our country. That's mm-hmm. a lot of parent power. If we speak out, if we do something like this petition, I would love to see this petition reach 100,000. I mean, talk about a petition that says, guys, this is what people are saying. This is a real, real deal. I mean, would it be great to go out and and uh, and go in the streets and have these protests and stuff? Yeah, but I don't see parents doing that. But this is one way that they can make their demands known, like at the very basic, we are not allowing our kids into school until there's virus tests. Now, we could set up all sorts of petitions out there for, for requiring this, that, or the other. But I think this helps it's an easy way for parents to have a voice and saying, no, we're putting our foot down on this one. We're not giving up on the testing. There's just no way on God's green earth what we are going to allow our kids to go back to school until every single one of our kids is tested going in and then every single week. And if you can't make that happen, then guess what? We're not going to do it. Yeah, it should be the, that should be sort of the, the bare minimum. Bare minimum. Yeah, and yeah. If, we can't, if, if you can't guarantee that, then there isn't even a discussion about anything else. I mean, well we put. yeah, we can't put the cart before the horse. If, if we can't guarantee, and we can't guarantee testing really anywhere right now. I mean, even in Ohio, there, there are some testing places up and other testing more and more people. But like, if I wanted to go get a COVID test, I couldn't just go get a COVID test. I mean, it just, it isn't how it works. And, uh, and if you can, then it's, farther away or I mean, there's all these hoops you got to jump through and then it's, you wait 14 days or 10 days to get your, Oh my gosh. I mean, what's the point? I mean, because by that time you've been exposed a thousand times. I mean, how do you know that you didn't, you didn't, do you know what I mean? There's no, I I don't, Oh God, I don't understand any of this. It's so frustrating as, as, as a, as a parent, I, I like to think of myself as possessing common sense and being relatively grounded in reality. And I don't see like, like how this is even a debate. How, how are we even like, why are, why are we even having to have this conversation 
because it should be common sense. Like if we can't test kids, can't go back. I mean, it's going to be, can you imagine, can you imagine the, what it's going to be like? What was that? There was just a school that went back. Um, God, I don't remember where Georgia or Louisiana or something where, where it was like 200 people in the school were infected, like the staff and students and everything else, like inside the first week. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's one place. I mean, just wait till you get to inner city schools where, where there is, you know, where there's more students than there are desks. You know, I mean, it's, it's not there, there, there is, there's no universe where this is going to work out. And I really like your approach to, to just like, Hey, put your foot down. I mean, like, look, I'm not sending my kids back to school until this happens, or I won't even consider having a conversation about sending my kids back to school until we have this at minimum. And then we can have a conversation about what the next step is, but we're not even, uh, I mean, I'm at a loss. Rob, I think you, I think you're right. And I think what it does is it provides a voice for parents that don't have a voice right now. Um, I, I hear this from parents there. I mean, our, our son's starting high school and we don't even have all the proper documents. I was on the phone all day this morning. Well, what email are we supposed to do? And he's supposed to sign in here. This is at this date and he's starting on Monday. And mm. it's, this is part of this crazy anxiety that, that's just sweeping over us. So what I like about a petition is it's, you can say something. Now you, well, now people say, well, it's just a petition. They go, no, guess what guys, you need a place to vent that has action to it. I'll tell you what numbers line up. I mean, look at, look at the, the black lives matter. Look at all these protests that have gone mm-hmm. out there. Boy, in my lifetime, did I ever imagine the Redskins name getting changed? Did I ever imagine Mississippi taking down its flag? I mean, come on, you know, that's just beyond the realm of impossibilities. And that's the other reason I did that that, that petition. I said, ask the impossible because the impossible is being done. Yeah. So if you parents get out there, sign this thing, this is one thing, but I'm also saying as, as parents, take your voices, go to these, you can the, the school boards, it's really easy to get on there and you can chat and you can get in the, the school board and say, uh-uh, not doing it. If every one of us did that throughout the United States, holy mackerel, these guys would wake up and get, and that's just to start in the school board area. Go to the local mayors, go to the governors, write mm-hmm. letters. Now people, do, I don't want to write a letter. Great. And start a petition in your own state or yeah. sign this national petition. We got a hundred thousand people signing this. I'll tell you what people would start to, to wake up. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is really, it is so frustrating to feel like you almost feel like the crazy person. I feel like the crazy person sometimes because they see everybody around me, not doing what they're supposed to be doing and, and, and acting as though it's just a regular day and, and there's no reason for them to be afraid. And, uh, and and I think there's there's more of us that are concerned about doing the right thing and keeping our kids safe, and and something like your petition lets others know that hey you're not alone you're not the only person that feels this way, and and they can it's a quick easy way to to be a part of something positive and the more people that that do it the bigger the wave right it's sort of yeah. like uh, uh, kind of like a class action lawsuit or something, right? Like, <laughs> right, you know what I mean? Right, like exactly. I, yeah. I can go after somebody, but if I have 600 people joining me going after somebody, then, you know, squeaky wheel. Right. So, 
Absolutely. Uh, um, and I like your take, Rob. I really like your take on being positive in a time where you don't feel that there's almost any positives out there. That I think is a really great take on that. This is a positive thing. This is a positive. I, we're protecting our kids. If that's not a positive thing, I don't know what is. You need to reevaluate your. <laughs> you need to reevaluate right. your priorities. If yeah, that that's that's uh, there there is a feeling of powerlessness right now where, where we have no control over anything and, and, and something as simple as, is signing that petition or, or starting your own or, or writing, uh, your Senator. And there's, it's not that hard to do that. Uh, there, there's, there's templates that you can do where you just sign your name to a default thing and you click send and it goes there. I mean, it all counts. And yeah. so, so it really isn't that difficult to do only takes a couple of minutes and you can do it for, for any number of reasons. But, but right now we're talking about the future of our kids. I mean, I, I, I just. Yeah. And I want to come back to that idea, the, the simplicity of doing something like this. I mean, we parents are trying, we're struggling to, to make this all work. And you're saying, I don't have time to write a letter. I don't have time to sign up. But I'll tell you what, if someone puts it right in front of you, if we have a link, mm-hmm. if we have a, um, um, I, I grab the domain name, protect our kids, let's say protect our kids now.net. And that will take you directly to the petition. And I might even set up more on that, but I wanted something so simple, protect our kids now.net. You go to that and I don't have to give you this long name. I don't have to give you anything else. That's it. You can remember that Yeah. and drive you right to it. And then you just click it. I mean, if this took you five minutes the majority of the time we'll be reading what the petition's about. Right. That's it. It's just an op-ed. Well, and then you can share it. So, so then uh, not only are you signing up, but you're, you're also helping to, and it's a positive thing. Like you said, it's a positive thing. It. It's not like, I mean, th- there shouldn't be anything controversial about this. Like uh, when, when they shut down the school, uh, my kid's school and decided to go all remote learning, there were parents that were vocally upset. Their, their kids belong in the classroom. And it's like, well, like, I, I don't even know what, to, I don't even know how to respond to that. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not usually a loss for words and I don't know what to say to people who, who are upset that their kids can't be in a classroom right now. I mean, like, like they're doing it not to make your life difficult. They're, they're doing it to, to preserve your child's safety, their life and their health. And, and, uh, I, man, you're, 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 you're taking on a monumental challenge in, in, in what you're doing. And I, I, I mean, hats off to you, my friend, like that's, that's such a awesome thing that you're doing. I, I think that, um, you know, we live in a time where people, people can do the petition right from their phone. You, I mean, we're always on our phone, right? You just bring right. it up on your phone. That's what I, I mean. I, I sign petitions, uh, when I see them come up all the time, I do it right from my phone and then you can just share it to Facebook or, or share it to Twitter or something. And then you're helping to spread a positive message. We're not talking about like, there should be nothing political about this. This is, we need testing as a bare minimum standard for kids to go back to school. It's perfectly reasonable. I I think whether it's realistic. And it it gives a voice, doesn't it? It gives, I think it allows a place of not only the positive part, Rob, I think it also gives a place that people can start saying something, pushing back against it. And it's not the pushback of, Oh, all this, uh, you know, like, I just want my kids in school. That's the only thing I want guys at like, I know we keep saying it guys as it's, 
you know, we're, 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 we're beating this <laughs> the old phrase, being a dead horse guys, but the, we're doing it, but it is this very, this is where the bare minimum should start. And nobody, but nobody is asking the question. I'll tell you something. This is really interesting. I had talked to an administrator a while back and again, always asking the 10,000 pound gorilla in the room question. I said, okay, if someone gets COVID, how are you going to deal with it? And they said, well, huh, good question. I think we'll deal with it. Are you ready? Drum roll. We're going to deal with it like lice. Oh my God. And I said, like, like head lice. And he goes, yeah. So we're, because it's a pot of kids and they'll all be together. And we'll just let those parents know in that pod that the kid has COVID and I was like, <laughs> and, and, and God bless him. He was being serious and <laughs> they're trying their best because they're, no one's given them answers, right? No one, they're doing their best. And I, I laugh at the response at the same time. There's part of me that's just, my heart goes out to them because no, but I mean, they're getting information, but even when I came in and helped the school, with these new sterilization protocols, and I talked about the air filters, they had no clue. No one had talked to them about that basic idea. There, there's, there's no, there's no federal guidance, uh, you know. And and I, the CDC had put out um, requirements for for schools to be safe to reopen, and then they had to dumb it down and make it easier to be attainable. Like, like, I just, I, I don't. For some, it seems like we value our education so much that we're willing to put our kids' lives and teachers' lives at risk, but we don't value it enough to pay the teachers more or to, 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 to repair the schools or update curriculum or, or, or do any of the things that would actually make a difference in our kids' future. Uh, instead we're, we're going to focus on, on, I, uh, it is so, yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. And here's a, here's a funny part of this. Now, do you appreciate teachers more than ever in yeah. lockdown? I mean, one of the strange benefits that have come out of this is people are like, Oh, thank God for teachers. I get yeah. it now because teaching my kid is literally, uh, you know, a nightmare in a soup can. I mean, I just like <laughs> open that thing up and Oh my gosh. And, and like, it doesn't get any more serious than teachers filling out their wills before the school year starts oh, yeah. Yeah. because, because they, they expect to be infected and they expect to not survive. I mean, that, that is, oh. I, I don't even know. I, I don't even have words to, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I, that is so beyond awful and it, and it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. It's unnecessary. It's not needed. And and if I had to go an entire year without my kids going to school, I'll find something to do. Uh, you know, as a parent, uh, I mean, I've been working from home f- for about 10 years now, so I'm very lucky in, in that sense. It's not easy, but I'm a full-time caregiver. And so I have to balance everything out. I'll do whatever I have to do to keep my kids safe because that's way more important to me than their education right now. And, and I'll find ways of, of supplementing things you know, life lessons and, and, and we can take on projects and, you know, learn on our own if we have to, and, and then, and then pick up when we're on the other side of this. I mean, life is going to continue on the other side of this. We don't need to necessarily just try and barrel through it. We need to be strategic in, and, and survive it. I, I mean, 
what's an acceptable loss of life just for going to school? I mean, we have gun violence, which is, which is a nightmare. Now you're asking, right. Now what's you're an, asking that question. Right? What's, what's an acceptable. I mean, so, so the school year starts out with, with, would you say 72 million kids, right? What 5% of them, are they expendable or, or 10% or what about the teachers? It was like two thirds of the teachers in the United States. Aren't they supposed to have like preexisting conditions that put them at high risk, whether it's age or, I mean, where's, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that, that's what everyone's not getting. And that's why I keep, I just, I know I keep coming back to this petition and not, uh, not just, it's not to blow my own heart. It's to give people a way to take this, this frustration and this anxiety and this fear and all this and put it into one single focused thing that says, this is literally the simplest thing on the planet we can do because parents just, we don't have a voice. I feel like we do not have a voice. It's purpose and direction, you know, like right, right now. I, I mean, I'm like, I'm pretty, active politically and, and like I, I make my voice heard, I, but there's a lot of people who maybe aren't on social media or don't have the ability to do that. And they just feel like they're spinning their wheels. Like they don't know what to do. They want to do something to make a difference and, and they just don't know how to do it. And this is something, I mean, one, every name that gets added to this list, the, the more it gets taken seriously. And, and you're not asking for something that's unreasonable. You're asking you're asking for the same consideration for our kids that they're giving professional athletes right now. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, and, and in the grand scheme of things, which is more important, you know, I mean, yeah. I, and, and, and if, if, oh. and, and Rob, let's do the paradigm shift on this, which is the really interesting one, which is let's close down bars. Let's close down gyms. Let's close down restaurants. Let's close down amusement parks. Let's close down all the things that are group gatherings, but let's open up schools. Whoa, holy mackerel. That is that is throwing fairy dust on a magnitude. <laughs> I mean, of, it's like, really? How, you could do really all those things and you want to open up schools. How do you, you and, and you know, you can't even get grownups to wear masks. And I get kids and in so many ways are more responsible when it comes to things like that, because they do what they're told. They follow rules and stuff like that. But if we can't get adults to wear something as simple as a cloth face mask or social distance, how can we expect kids without the life experience or without the discipline to, to do that same thing? I mean, we're asking things from our kids that we're not willing to do ourselves. And that's insane. We're not leading by, we're not leading by example. Yep. That, no modeling there, huh? No, I mean, my God, I, it really is. I was so, well, I am so excited that we had this conversation because I, it's so, it's so frustrating. Uh, it's so, it's so nice to, to speak with a voice of reason. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like I'm not going crazy <laughs> because yeah, that's really, yeah, there's, and there's that's really some nice validation. I love this. It's the same with me too. I just, <laughs> I feel the I feel the kindred soul there. Like, oh, come on! Here's a here's an elbow bump through the. <laughs> yeah, here's a safe, yeah, socially distance exactly. high five. Oh, I, I do have I do have one more question, and then, um, do you have advice for parents who are 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 deciding to do home education or pursue distance learning or something like that? Uh, 
like myself who are terrified of not being able to pull it off because it's, it, it is a, like, I, I'm not, I don't have to teach my kids, but I have to facilitate everything and, and track times and, and get kids who don't always want to cooperate, you know, um, to do things <laughs> like five and a half hours of school a day when there's no school structure. Right. I mean, we're, we're trying to piece this together. Uh, how do you, how are we supposed to do that? You know, I think that's a great question. And I think it is the roll with the punches type of deal. And what I mean by that, and, and not just roll with the punches, I think the schools, they, they're operating off the same, we want everything as normal as possible. And I'm saying, guys, you can't grade this You've got to let some things go. And I know there's repercussions down the road for all this, but you're going to have to look at this like a blip in the blip in the, you know, it's going to be this huge blip. Um, But I think, and I'm sort of reversing it back on the parents to say, yo, school district, um, this is going to be next to near to impossible. You're going to have to cut us slack Mm -hmm. because we're teaching the kids too. So, don't, you know, we'll show up. If the thing is we have to show up, give us grades for that, you know, and we'll do the best we can, but don't be going, yeah, we're going to do A, B, we're going to be, because under these circumstances, these are crappy circumstances and we're not teachers and this is only working halfway. Yeah. Don't punish my kids for my inability to teach them common core math. I mean, it's not their fault that I don't remember. I don't, I can't do their basic common core math. I, I excelled in math through uh, grade school, high school, and college. Common core math makes absolutely no sense to me. And, and I was always happy to be able to say, okay, you know what? I'll write a note and we'll, we'll have your teacher help you with it in the morning uh, before class starts because it makes absolutely no sense. And, and you have all these parents who learned previously and it, a lot of the stuff is foreign. Now it's not even that you don't remember. It's that you can't do it the same way that the kids are being taught or they're expected to do it. And I, I would hope that this, this becomes a reset point f- for us. We'll have before COVID and after COVID education standards and, and um, you know, whether we move to a more remote learning thing going forward, or we realize that the system is just not set up to absorb anything like this, you know, and, and have contingency plans and, and maybe, uh use this time to, to, to figure out how to improve things going forward. And, and I got to tell my kids, like, it sucks. We've been locked down as long as we have, but we'll be locked down as long as we need to be. And we'll use that time to better ourselves so that when we can come out the other side of this tunnel, we're in a better place than we were that when we started. So it's not wasted time. Try and be as productive uh, and positive about it as, as we can. And that's a lot easier said than done. I'm just going to be honest because <laughs> there's some days I don't want to get out of bed. Uh, because it all, right. it all, it's all the same thing every day. It's, I, I, I don't know what day it is unless I look at my phone because it's, I know today, I know it's Friday because groceries were delivered a little bit ago and, and I was scheduled to talk to you and that's it. That's the only frame of reference that I have for today. And I know the weekend, it's all like a seven day weekend and, and, and you don't have, you know what I mean? Like it just, everybody is so thrown off and, 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 parents 
have to remember that they're not the only ones feeling the way that they are. So they, they set this high standard for themselves and, and everybody else in your kid's school is probably struggling just as much. So it's not like you're failing or anything like that. So I think reasonable expectations are important that we well put, put on ourselves. I really, really like that. And I think that's almost the, the answer to this is, is going back to the school as once again, as a, as a unified parent voice, maybe this is the next petition, something like this, but we need to, yeah, maybe there's the one that says, please talk to your school, just talk to your school board, cut us the slack that gets us through this. And we'll just call it, you know, the, 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 the seven day weekend that went on until January <laughs> and, we'll, and then that's it. And then we'll, we'll read, you know, everyone will have to rejigger the, the GPAs and all this stuff is, as there's going to have to be a clean starting point, you know, cause you have some schools that are going to start now. And there's some schools that are going to start two months from now. Cause they're like in Ohio, they're talking about counties. Uh, they're going to, they're going to do school starting based on what's going on in your particular County. But if you do that and not a statewide thing, then you've got, you know, some freshman here who may get six months of school when this freshman in another County is missing six months of school. Then how do you, I mean, who passes, who fails, who moves up, who doesn't, who's held back. I mean, how do you even begin to navigate that? Yeah. And that's back to that impossible situation. And, yeah. and look at this. I think too, we have, we've got a situation, or at least it started out this way, where you can sign up to go for a year online, and then the other kids, when school's allowed to, to open up, that you can go back in. I'm going, wait, that's like a caste system. Yeah. You know, and so the kids that are going, wait a second, my parents said I had to be here to be safe, and I see my friends going to school, and this, oh, God, I'm going, wow, you really are emotionally helping out your kids by doing that. It should be all one or the other. Um Keep yeah. everybody on a level playing field right now so that it's it, doing that is going to make coming out of this an easier process. You know, even if we, we just, we just set a standard for right now, even if it's below what anybody wants, but if we can keep everybody in the same place, when this is over with, everybody is going to start in the same place instead of trying to get people caught up on individual levels and, and decide who's going to go into what grade. And I mean, I don't know, man, this whole thing is. Yeah. And like, yeah. And like I said before, teachers, when they were in lockdown, they were all thinking about how to open schools by taking care of the cleaning. That's, they became, you know, that was their, their sole goal and how to do distant learning and how to get the permits and to do it and to teach the teachers. But there's been the greater philosophical question is, like you said, how do we come out of this? How do we, how do we take this time? And so we're not penalizing the parents. We're not penalizing the kids. And so when you come out on the other side, guys, all right, zero, you all showed up. Great. That's your grade. And now we got to go forward. Yeah. And there's going to have to be an asterisk somewhere uh, along the way that just says, okay, everybody moved to the next grade or we're, you almost have to move to the next grade. Yeah, you do. Right. Otherwise, your whole everything is is. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, and man. You know, maybe maybe there's maybe there's a little extra. Maybe you cut the summer down by a month, and you say you got to go to school to make up for the. I know there's a lot of ways. I know. Yeah, and most kids be like, "Oh yeah, get that guy out of here." Yeah, we'll put your email in the in the show notes <laughs> so they can just send yeah, that right. hate mail directly <laughs> your direction. Oh, <geez. laughs> 
I'm an advocate. But, like yeah. I like year round school. I think that would be a fantastic approach because, and then you can send all the hate mail to me when I was a kid, I hated that idea, but as a, as a parent, I see the benefit to, to doing that. I mean, right now it wouldn't make a difference, but, uh, yeah. So I think, I mean, this is, this, this discussion, Rob, is a really, really great discussion because I think it, it really, it's another one of these things that hasn't been broached at all about the parents. Of course we broached it, how difficult it is to teach our kids, but no one is talking about what that looks like coming out the other side. And there is this other side we're coming out of and folks, that's, I think that's the next big question. Yeah. How do we do this? And so that we're so that parents, God bless all the parents out there doing this, man, this is tough stuff. You know, if my kid was not going into high school, I would be like pulling hair. Yeah. I, and we can even motivate people a little bit more and just say, Hey, if you don't want to be your child's teacher, then you need to demand <laughs> that they have a basic standard. There needs to be a minimum standard for getting the kids back in the classroom just to even start Without, because the, the testing should be the foundation with which we build up from. It, it shouldn't be something that's added, you know, at the end or, or an afterthought. I mean, we can't go anywhere without having that done. So that's, that's an awesome thing. I'm going to, uh, I'll be sure to share the petition, um, and, and help get, get that out there because I think that's really important. And I think it's something parents can do and feel like they're it gives them some power, you know, and that's yeah, I agree. in a yeah, powerless so situation. There, um, protect our kids now.net. Okay. I'll have that in the show notes below as well. Yeah, no, I know. It's, and, it's just, I just, I literally came up with that just this morning because yeah. I realized as this gets out, we need the simplest way possible. The easiest I'm way to, go, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of this long thing, that's got hyphens and it's like, no way it's gotta be that <laughs> Or I mean, always having a link. It's easy to say it like on, on something like this, you can just say, and, and, uh, and like I said, I will have it in the notes below so that nobody has to remember it. Shouldn't be that difficult, but you know, <laughs> it is for all of us. We're it still is, doing it is for thing. everybody right now because I, you know, we can't even keep track of the days. So we'll make it easy and have the, have the link in the show notes below. Is there anything else you wanted to, uh, to add before we close this out? Yeah, Rob, um, let's, uh, revisit our, our mutual sanity in a, in a couple months. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if we can't, uh, you know, I, I think it would be a great idea to see how far things have come, both where we're at, sort of checking in. Yeah, absolutely. It would, would be really Anytime. nice. I really, I really enjoyed being on your podcast. This is this fantastic. Is a, uh, this, this, I mean, it's frustrating. The conversation itself is frustrating. The topic is frustrating. But it's, it's, there is, there is, there's some therapy in this in a way because I'm not bouncing ideas off of people who aren't listening or, or who aren't like, who choose to ignore science and fact like that's, I cannot wait until we reach a point again in society where science and fact matter because I, I, I rely heavily on those is, is the basis for my reality. And, and, and they just keep taking little pieces of that away. And yeah. I, you know, I don't know what to do. So right there with you. Man. Right there with you. <sighs> well, I really appreciate it, man. It was great to meet you. Uh, I, this conversation made my day. So I really do appreciate that. I'll, uh, I'll get this done and, and uh, get this out there. Cause I think it's important that we have this conversation before uh, parents are forced to make decisions about what to do. So. Um, yeah. And, and Rob, I'll, I'll go ahead to not only the protect our kids now.net I'll go ahead on my website the, for, that goes through my book, the legacy letters.com. Okay. And if, I mean, if you want to say, well, who is that guy talking, you can go check out that stuff, yeah. which is always nice. 
Cool. But I'll put a thing at the top that will link to the petition too. So you've got two okay. ways to go. Yeah. And then uh, you can send me, if you want to send me an email or something with whatever social media stuff you want me to add, I'll share all that stuff as well. So we can try and, and uh, get some traction. And, uh, you know, best guys, stay, stay safe. Best to your kids. Best to your community. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Stay safe. All right. You have, have a great it. weekend because it's Friday. Right, it's Friday. Yeah, it's <laughs> see, see ya. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, before I close things out today, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to Karu for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about his petition, uh, for his efforts to raise awareness about the importance of testing uh, for our students and our kids before school even is considered, uh, and the need for ongoing testing throughout the school year to make sure that our kids are safe and, and healthy and we can protect them and the teachers and the staff and uh, the bus drivers and everybody who is involved in the education process with our children. They need to be protected. They deserve to be protected. Um, you know, like we mentioned in the show, you know, we have professional athletes that are tested daily. We have government officials who are tested daily. Our kids deserve at least that much. And, uh, you know, we all want our kids to be back in the classroom. And the only way to do that is to make it safe. And the very foundation of safety begins with testing and there is no plan in place. So crew, I really appreciate your passion and your efforts to, uh, help keep everybody safe. Um, I will have a link to all of his information in the show notes below. Uh, you can check out the petition, please sign and share that. Uh, you can check out his book and all of his other information, uh, It'll be there as well. As for me, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcasting apps. Just smash that subscribe button. I appreciate that. Uh, please stay safe. Um, wash your hands, social distance, wear a mask. Uh, you guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you next Friday. Thanks. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U.com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.